This is the Teaching Primary Music Podcast, where you will learn effective, tried and true methods to teach children the gospel of Jesus Christ through music. I am Courtney Ekman. And I am Charlotte Dance. Hello and welcome. We want to introduce you to our guest, Annie Salazar. She has a Bachelor of Science in Elementary Education from BYU. She has five children and she keeps up her teaching certificate by attending conferences and workshops. And she's done that for a couple of decades, although she looks like she's 21. She loves learning new things. And while she's staying certified, she's also become a handwriting specialist and a laughter yoga leader. Now that one I got to see. She has also taken a special interest in learning how to teach children with special needs and training in programs that help those children. In fact, um, Annie is going to have a little bit of a blog post on my blog, that Teaching Primary Music, because she has successfully dealt with some incredibly stressful things that happened to all of us in primary. Annie, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So tell us about your background in primary music. Okay. About uh, about five or six years ago, I was put into our ward primary presidency. And at the time, we had several very active children in the ward. It was a big challenge when we were all put in there. We were put in two weeks before a primary program, too. So it was a little stressful. We had one especially that nobody knew how to quite handle. And so he kind of became my first little challenge. And I was kind of assigned to him to try to work closely with him and his teachers and figure out some things that would help him get through the primary time. And at that time, we still had two hours of primary and they were really, really long hours at the time. Um, We were just guarding doors, trying to keep him in the room was our only goal for a long time. And then eventually we started working with little fidgets and had a routine for this child. At the same time, we had a wonderful music leader that also needed to be gone fairly regularly to help out her parents. And so we were needing subs quite a bit. And with this particular child and the few other active ones that we had, I really wanted to create some consistency for those children instead of always having different people leading up front. And so I kind of took on the task of trying to sub for our music leader. And at the same time, I wanted to try to experiment and see if we could get some extra movement, you know, kind of bigger movement activities to see if that would help this child. So it was just all a big experiment. And when I first started doing it, this wasn't something I ever imagined doing. I, for years, I just kind of grew up looking at this calling thinking, I can't do that. I'm never going to get that one. And (laughs) so I was really scared to do it. But I reached out to my friend, Barbara Gill, and I reached out to Sharla. And at the time we were going to teach the song I'll Walk With You and I needed some ideas to introduce it and Barbara had just taught the song the week before and then Charlotte started posting some ideas on her website and I've just kind of been experimenting ever since for the last you know I guess about five years and so I I just kind of sub whenever they're needed I'm right now I'm in the stake primary so I'll go in and sometimes sub in some of the other wards and experiment that way but that's kind of all my experience I was just just giving it a try and jumped in. What are some of your favorite moments or success stories that really let you know that this method was the way to go? So just recently when I was subbing, we were going to sing, I love to see the temple. And I started off with a few children coming up to make a small circle with me. We held hands 
And we were just doing arm swings to the beat of the song as we sang the song. Then I sent those children to grab a couple more children and our circle grew a little bit. And we just kept singing over and over. And then we had more circles in the room. So the whole primary was up in different circles. But when I first started doing the first circle, I had a couple sunbeams up with me. And one of the sunbeams needs a lot of lot of help physically during the time he's in there. If he's standing up or sitting down, he needs a little help getting up and a little help getting down or moving around the room. He often has just a very straight face in there. You can't quite tell what he's thinking or feeling and most of the time. And when he was up there, it took us a minute to, I had to, you know, grab the two hands and help him hold somebody else's hand and start the swinging. But after a moment, suddenly his eyes just lit up. He smiled hugely. And then he just started giving it his all, swinging those arms Mm. as hard as he could forward and backward. And it was just so neat to see him connecting with the song because he had something he could do. You know, somehow he connected with the movement and he was able to connect with the song. And that that was just, I was on a high all day when I came home that day after seeing his face. I love that. I'd also love to hear a follow-up a little bit to the boy that your first, you said your first goal was to keep him in the room and then he progressed from there. How did he do with singing time? And and was there a journey there? It was really neat to watch him grow. Really, it took a process of about two years to really get to a point where it wasn't it wasn't physically as exhausting on us all the time, but it was so neat to watch. He was a very bright boy, very smart. His parents later, you know, found out that he was twice exceptional. He's very bright, but also has very significant needs. So he's kind of on both ends there. And what I found is usually those are the children that are the hardest to really engage because they'll get bored very quickly. He was needing tons of movement. He was always, always on the go. So we started off just blocking the door. If he got outside, he'd only stay by mom's side and I think she kind of felt like, okay, I, I don't know what to do. You know, he's stuck here now. And and we wanted the parents to feel like they could go to class. And we wanted them to feel like there were others that could help help with their child. And so we started a fidget routine with him. Every three minutes, he had a different fidget for like those two hours. We were packing so much stuff to take to church. We had little timers, a little visual timer he could follow. And it was a big experiment because we didn't know which things were going to work best, you know. So some things we tried and we immediately ditched those ideas. He had an aide that was with him. Eventually, we were just trying to keep him on one side of the room, the side furthest from the door. (laughs) We, we, We got him over to that area. And then we slowly, you know, this is all over a long period of time, worked him down to just the area around his chair. And he had certain fidgets that he used. And we slowly increased the timer from three minutes to four minutes to five. And we finally got to 10 minutes chunks at a time where he could kind of think. It was amazing. He stayed with his aide. He, oh, one thing we did do is as soon as he entered the room, we had him set up several metal chairs along the back wall and we told him they were for visitors and we never knew when we'd have visitors or how many, you know, most people would say we only needed four or five chairs, but we would have like 15. The whole wall was full of chairs because we wanted him to work really hard to open the metal chairs and push them against the wall and line them up because after, by the time he got through all of that, he was ready to sit and rest for a little bit. So then he was ready to go sit in his chair and start his fidgets. After a couple, 
I don't know, a couple months or so, he just knew that that was his routine. He'd walk in the room and he'd just do it. And sometimes he was still doing it after primary started. And that's fine. He just kept working on his chairs and then he'd sit down. And eventually we got it worked up to where he basically just needed a little silly putty to play with. And then he had Legos. So I, I was talking with his parents sometimes weekly to give them updates. I would always give them a heads up if we had a different sub so that he would know that somebody else was going to be with him before he even walked in the room and it wasn't a shock or surprise but she would buy lego sets i'd even call her i just saw legos on sale at costco do you need any and <laughs> she started collecting them just for church the aide would be in control of the legos and he'd decide how many to give them or they'd look in the little booklet and start putting the set together and so sometimes he'd be on the floor or turned around you know in his chair but he was always building legos but he was always participating too because he would suddenly whip his head around and and shout out something that had to do with what we were singing or what we were talking about. And if we were doing big movement stuff, he would stand up and do it with us. And anytime we had challenging puzzles that involved a lot of thinking, he was right there with us with it and very quick to pick up on some of the patterns if we were doing, you know, like melody maps or color codes and stuff. So by the time we were all released, he was really in a good good position where he was able to make it through his time. We would kind of rotate things a little bit so a few other adults would know how to work with him and what he needed too, so that a few people could be there and he could still always have that consistency. So that was really, really neat to see. So do you feel like being able to have challenges and movement in the music time was something that he could really grab hold of? Hugely. Yeah. 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 So it really made a difference for him. It did. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love the story because it really is amazing. It's really about the one, each child individually and meeting them where they are at. What are some of your favorite go-to activities? If you were asked to teach singing time this Sunday, what are your grab and go, tried and true, this works methods? I love doing the eraser pass activity. I love that's uh, the one where you'll pick a few keywords from the song, write them up on the board, but then you'll also put maybe two synonyms or maybe an antonym, some, something related to that word with each one. So they're kind of in groups of three, and then they erase the words that aren't in the song. I love doing that one because it's so easy to prepare, and the senior primary kids are really thinking the whole time. I, I just did one recently, and our primary is pretty large, and so instead of having them choose who to pass it to, I'll often call up a group of children kind of at once that start heading up to the front. And there's a, a little line that they pass it to the person behind them very quickly. And then before that line has disappeared, I'll start another one kind of coming up. And so sometimes I'll start from one corner or another corner, but I'll kind of move it around the room. It's not always obvious who I'm calling, but but they're, they're still raising their hand and wanting to be called. And I was looking at one row of the oldest primary children and these boys all had their hands raised up high and there was one just staring so intently at the board, you know, trying to decide. And it was kind of almost his turn. You know, I had worked with, through the boys right next to him. Normally they'd be watching me waiting for their second to get up, but it was just so fun to see how long he was just thinking on the edge of his seat. And then suddenly his eyes lit up. He raised his hand and looked at me. I'm like, yeah, go on up. <laughs> that, that one's a really fun one. I like that one. And because they're really thinking about the words and the meaning in the song. Another one, if I needed something last minute, I love the steady beat scramble because you can do that with 
pretty much any song and um, you can get some good movement going and they can get kind of tired. And that's the one where you, you look and see if you have a three, four or a four, four beat. And, and so you would put those numbers up on the board, you know, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, or maybe you'd count through eight and you have a few rows of numbers, but then you pull a few of them out. Um, they clap every time they see a number. And if you've pulled a number off, then they don't clap or you could stomp a foot or, you know, do something different. And um, that one's just really fun. The older children really like that a lot. And when we stop it, they're like, no, you know, they want to do it again. So I like that one. It's again, another really easy one that you can apply to anything and it has some good movement. And I love story songs. I love story songs, but I am not one to sing. <laughs> like I said, I don't have a huge music background. I like to use that as for inviting a guest in because there are lots of people in my ward who like to sing. And so it adds a little variety for them to see and hear from somebody else. I'll have them come in and I'll tell the story part, but then they'll sing in between. Or maybe I'll have them do the whole thing, the, the story portion and singing the song. I love that one. It's my favorite way to end primary. The spirit comes in really strong with the story songs. So those are some of my favorites. That and sign language, I try to put that in anywhere I can because the kids, especially juniors, they, they follow all those actions and gestures. Thank you so much for sharing those. I'm checking off like, oh, I'm going to use that one next time. <laughs> <laughs> With your background in elementary education, what parallels between teaching children in education in an elementary setting and teaching primary music? What's the crossover like for you? Or does it click or is it very different? Oh, so much now. Like initially, like I said, this is a calling that years ago I looked at and thought, I don't want to do that because... It, you know, church is different than school settings and, and that's fine, but, but it's a little challenging because sometimes you're in cramped spaces. You know, there's a lot of people in one room, you have all these age differences. And when it comes to just running the room, there's a lot of change sometimes, especially when they had sharing time, somebody's conducting, somebody else jumps up for sharing time. Somebody jumps up for music. Oh no, it's a sub or, oh, the person conducting's busy in the hall and some other random adult stands up and, and just the, for me, it seemed like a hard place to keep order. There was always so much change. And I just dreaded being the person in charge of <laughs> all those children for that amount of time being stuck in chairs and you can't move. And what I loved was this new way of being able to engage everybody at once is where everybody's working and everybody's learning and they don't have to be put on the spot if they're wrong or if they don't know everybody can have an instrument to do a pattern with and even if they can't figure out the whole entire pattern it's okay because we keep doing it over and over and they can try again and it's not like they're just in front of everybody and so we all notice the children who are moving around like crazy or causing disruptions. It, it gives them something to do, those are who are seeking something to do. But then there's the flip side of those children. There's the ones who are really quiet and just sit there. And, you know, I had one of those myself who he just didn't like going to primary. You know, he would just sit there and just because he was quiet, everybody would say, oh, he's so good. I'm like, well, he's just bored. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't do well with just listening to people for long periods of time, but he was really good at holding it together for the time that he was in there, you know, but it, it gives those quiet ones or the ones who aren't first to raise their hand an opportunity to participate too. And um, so that's one thing that I just think is huge that everybody can participate. And then you can see what they know and don't know, and then move on from there. That was the one that just that and the fact that we came here with our bodies to, to learn and we've got to use our bodies and move. 
So those are just two really big things, but really everything Charlotte teaches, you know, all the brain research, I mean, that's applicable to all the other learning that we do. There's there's so many parallels, but those were two big ones for me with church. We want everybody to want to come and we want them to have a positive, meaningful experience while they're there. We want to include everybody. And when we can engage the bodies, there's so much less behavior problems and you can do more teaching and learning. So I love that aspect of it. That's wonderful. Thank you, Annie. Another thing that I noticed when I went to a her stake and did a workshop that I didn't have to bring a lot of my stuff because Annie had it all there for the people to use, for the children, quote, quote, to use. And she believes in everybody being involved, everybody being engaged. And I could tell from just being there. And it was a wonderful experience for me, even though it was during COVID, it was a wonderful experience. <laughs> we loved having you. <laughs> Where everybody's still talking about things they've learned. And uh, we, we have so many people experimenting with things. Several of our ward president, primary presidencies are really um, participating a lot with the music as substitutes or um, kind of co-teaching with their music leaders. And one of them told me once, she says, I'm not, I'm not musical. I don't, that's not really my thing. I'm not going to get up there and sing, but I can do this. I can do this. And it's exciting to hear their little success stories as they're experimenting, having fun with it. <laughs> Is there anything else you wish everyone would know or wish you could tell our listeners? One thing I found is sometimes some of the children that we're having trouble with, they just need us to believe in them. They need an opportunity to kind of have some expectations and shine. You know, I, I was just thinking about there's one time I tried doing a rhythm band for the first time. I was a little nervous experimenting with that. And I had a couple boys that I knew the teachers were struggling with a little bit. And, and I was trying to think which class should I give which instruments to? And I thought they would love to use the sticks and uh, the rhythm sticks. But then I also thought that's also a potential, you know, setup for disaster too. <laughs> so I wasn't sure how to go with it, but I, I decided I'm, I'm going to assign them the sticks. And I made sure that before primary started, I quickly ran over to those boys and just let them know that, hey, you know, I've got something that we're going to do today that I really need help with. And I told them that one of the jobs is sometimes hard for people to do because it requires a lot of listening and following instructions <laughs> and 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 really being careful with the instrument is what I told them. So I asked if they could be in charge of that one that, you know, I felt that they could be my extra good listeners and really follow me closely. And they're like, yeah, yeah, okay. So then we went to do our rhythm band and I start you know, passing out things and saying who gets what. And one of the teachers immediately raised her hand and said, uh, uh, we can't do sticks. Can we have something else? <laughs> and I said, actually, I think we'll be okay. Right, boys? And they were on the edge of their seats with their eyes just watching me. They're like, yeah, yeah. He says, I've already given them directions and they know exactly what to do. So they had their rhythm sticks and we went ahead with the rhythm band and they were fantastic. They didn't have any problems, but I think sometimes... You know, we just have to have faith in them. And and really, if if we don't, and we've been called and set apart, you know, who who will? You know, we have all that help, that extra help and, um, to help them. But we just have to, you know, give it a little faith and keep trying. <laughs> it's beautiful. Thank you. You're right. I want each child to have a great experience. 
Thank you. Thank you for listening, and a special thank you to Dana Carden for composing our music.